Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is devotions. Devotions are considered acts of prayer or private worship for us on the path, even though we may perform them as part of a ritual. We frequently burn incense as an offering to a type of energy we have been working with or as an expression of thanks for help received. They can be seen as a religious exercise or practice because we believe we can each create what is in essence a miniature ritual for personal use at home or while we are out and about in the world. As part of our cross-quarter celebrations, we each create an altar to represent the element that is coming to the forefront during each time. It is a place for contemplation, as well as a place to offer personal devotions. However, you don't even need an altar. Something as simple as lighting a tea-like candle and offering praise or thanks works just fine. You don't need a formal ritual or setting to acknowledge the food or drink you are about to consume, where it came from, and the work needed for it to be in front of you, and eating or drinking with an attitude of awareness. Devotions can easily become another continuous part of your practice, increasing your awareness of the amazing worlds of both the magical and mundane in which you live and work and practice. They fit in well with fostering that attitude of gratitude that we so value because we are giving thanks for the blessings that we work to be aware of on a daily basis. Devotions are the action that go along with that awareness. Hey, Dave, how are you doing this evening? You're on a streak. Five days of work in a row. Right, right, right. Good to be back to work. It's tired to be back to work, but it feels good, yeah. Yes. How are you doing today? I am doing okay. It's been kind of a long day. Physical therapy went well. You know, I keep getting a little... Which means you're sore. (laughs) Well, no, that's what I'm saying. It went well. You know, as in I did enough but i didn't try to kill myself either i need to remind myself that patience is a virtue yeah there you go and that my body will only heal so fast and if i try to go too fast i'll injure something else so we will just draw a curtain over my muttering you know and go from there but today Metaphysical kernel of thought, devotions, and the idea of a devotional practice of some sort. And the writing was kind of the more long-term formal stuff like we do. Like when we enter a new cross-quarter time, we make an elemental altar honoring whatever energy we're focusing on. Sure, sure. You know, and... We will often burn incense or pour water or light a candle. You know what I'm saying? Something that honors the element and not all day long kind of thing. But every time you go past or you put it, you kind of you get that sense of acknowledgement. Sure. And that's kind of the way I interpret a devotional is, you know, in in my case, it's not necessarily like you say, a full-blown altar. It can be 
there's a spot next to the stairs where I have one of Susie's goddesses. Um, and it's already wonderfully patinaed um, because I brush her on the cheek every time I walk by. And to me, that's sort of a form of devotion. Well, sure it is. You know, you know it's it, me it, taking that moment to recognize that this person is still a part of my life and a part of what makes me who I am. And me too. Yep. No, in that absolutely. And, and it can be part of a ritual when you burn incense. Sure. The old gods and ancestors, the energies that you work with, the genus loci. If you're one of those who's been tapped by one of those old gods, as it were, to be have a special relationship, if that's how you Sure, it. sure, yep. So, and it can be a formalized thing, or it can be as simple as taking a minute when I sit down to eat dinner and recognizing that the food's there because people put work into it and sacrifices were made, whether it's the animals or the plants or the time and energy to get it to me so that I could cook it and eat it. Sure. You know, and the people in packing the grocery store shelves so that I can go in there and get the ingredients that I needed to make whatever. Well, and it also helps in that while we're practicing the devotions, uh, devotions like that, it it forces us or reminds us or reinforces to us that we are part of a system that is more than just us. Yes. You know, we are part of a larger, you know, like you say, the universe provides me with this food. It didn't just magically appear. There's a process involved. And. I am a part of other people's process as much as the people who prepared or brought me this food are a part of my process. Yes, and it's like going back to the elemental or altar, it's a reminder that something is there besides me that is part of my practice and is is an energy that I am learning about and growing with, if that makes any sense. It does. I'm just now. Now it's opening my you know, like like we often do. It's opening up my blinders. So I'm I'm thinking my way around the house and thinking about how many not necessarily path or or Wiccan or pagan devotionals, but yeah. I mean, I have stuff around about musicians that every time I look at them, I am grateful that I know how to play the things that I look at. And they inspire me and stuff like that, you know. So even a a picture of a favorite musician could be considered a form of devotional. Sure, it is. You know, and our and our devotions can be magically oriented in a way, mundane oriented in a way, or a combination of both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the whole idea is feeling a part of. And connections and that awareness and our need for balance and all of that fun stuff that's so much of the path. Sure, sure. I I, I laughed at that simply because, you know, I did that that series of experiments where I walked around for a month with a penny in my shoe. And um, I walked around for a a moon um, with the little bell hanging from me and those different physical remind me many times during the day that I am part of both the magical world and the mundane or the spiritual and the practical. And that is a devotional practice in itself. 
because you did it consistently for a while too. Yep. You know, that's it's like we make that altar every quarter. And while we, you know, may not say at 6 a.m. every day, I'm going to sit in front of my altar and give thanks that I'm working with this particular energy. I know damn well at some point during the day, I'm going to see it and pause it and acknowledge and smile. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I so do. It becomes a daily thing for me in my practice and it may for other people depending on what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? I just happened to think of another thing, but I went for, for years with the old style coffee pot. And not too many months ago, I, I upgraded into the modern world and got myself a Keurig machine, yeah. you know, so I can have the little K cups. And I'm, I'm laughing so hard because I realized that for the first week, maybe week and a half after I got that Keurig machine, every single time I would walk by it, I would reach out and I would brush my hand across the top of it. Like, oh, my pretty little <laughs> I was doing devotionals to my coffee pot. <laughs> hey, why not? But if you that is just so me. Yeah, absolutely. That coffee pot makes you more alert. I have been known to just quietly stand in front of it and inhale the scent of coffee and jokingly laugh all hail to goddess Katina. Right, absolutely. I am not getting any farther than standing in front of that damn machine with any kind of logical thought. You know? Although I will confess to at least once having dozed off standing there in front of it waiting. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, I, I didn't say I haven't perfected the art of dozing standing up well, I have to be upright to put kids on buses, but yeah, I get it. You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, people people hang hang rosaries or a picture of loved ones or something like that from their their <laughs> rearview mirror or tuck them into their dashboard. You know, pilots used to carry a, a copy of their sweetheart next to their altimeter. These, these are devotionals, yeah, and they absolutely. may be mundane, but they have meaning. And that's the whole point of a devotion. You don't well do what it. we feel well, and what we think when we look at them is what gives them real purpose and value. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, but the idea is you don't do something like that if it's a, just a rope thing. You know, it's something you say, something you do, get it done quick, move on to the next thing. That's that, to me that's negates the whole idea of a devotional practice. Because you have to be kind of aware of it. And I'm not saying 24-7, but enough so that the meaning stays. Well, and 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 I'm grinning because you mean like when we said grace when I was growing up. Because the running joke at our house. Oh, how fast could you get through it? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. My, my father would look at me and say, David, say grace. And I would say grace we would all eat <laughs> yeah but but you're, it's the same idea but yep. you see what i'm saying and it, it's in comparison to what i was talking about i tried to take that minute before i take that first bite unless i'm on my way out the door and i'm grabbing toast sure you know it, to, to acknowledge the gift of food yeah, I do that now more than I ever did before. Um, I've even done it when I've been, you know, out with a friend at a restaurant or whatnot. It, you know, the the food will get there and just take a minute to to realize it. Yeah, there's there, there's work involved here, and this is something special. It didn't just sort of magic magically appear out of a dispenser. Yeah, exactly. Um, if if it did, you're eating in the wrong places. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. You know, or or I can turn the lights on. When it's dark, 
and I have that contrast of light and dark energy kind of thing going on. Sure. You know, it's the little things, I think, that develop our, our awarenesses. And when we turn them into, like I said in the writing, a mini ritual of sorts, where we sure. do it consistently, you know, or enough that we notice it, or we miss it if we don't do it for a while. Well, and that was the other thing I was just going to say is, you know, I I traditionally wear a, a necklace that once a year, often I'll retie it and add different things to it or take things off of it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I went to work this morning and I forgot to put it on. Um, okay. I, I had some distractions this morning. I had a surprise visitor. So, right. um, but anyway, I went to work and didn't wear my traditional devotional necklace and all day long, I was feeling for it. You know what I mean? My, co- my coworker, Andy, said something about, you know, hey, you, right? Yeah, well, and oddly enough, one of the pieces that's on it is something that was a gift from her. So, no, but you, but you get the point. Yeah, absolutely. And you felt a balance when you stopped doing it. Peace. And the idea is it's not supposed to become, become something that is so routine that you forget about it. Does that make sense? That's why, at least for me, I like to put it on in the morning and take it off at night because, obviously, like I said, this morning is a is an is an outlier. No. But if I wear it twenty four seven, I'm not as much thinking about it as I am um, in the morning. When I put it on, you know, in a way, I sort of have this thought of putting on my psychic armor. Yeah, and it, and it becomes an act. It becomes a deliberate choice. Sure. Which I think you need if you are doing any type of devotion, because you are the one who's about to give your time and energy to it, regardless of how long it yep. takes. Yep. You have to deliberately make that choice. And once you make that choice, you can focus on it for the time it takes for you to complete it. And sure. you make a deliberate choice every day to put your necklace on. And I'm sure for a second, you take a second to go, okay, I have this this because of this and this, this, this. You know what I'm saying? I do. Absolutely. Exactly. And that in itself is an act of devotion. It's a well, and at the end of a at the end of a tough day, the act of taking it off for me is something where, yeah, I, I feel a distinct and tangible relief. It's yeah. like, okay, my, my shoes are off. My, my day is behind me. You know, yeah, yeah, you you get it. And that's what I mean. That's I think that's what we mean by devotions and devotional practices more so than the formal fancy stuff. Yes, it can be an altar to the the goddess Isis. Isis. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Or it can be part of a ritual. If, say, we're doing one of our cross-border time celebrations and we're giving thanks because we worked with one element and now we're going to focus on another element. It's sure. You know, there's a certain amount of formality, and that is part of that devotion to our practice. Well, one of the thing, one of the things that I like about that practice at the at the cross quarter times is there. There's a respectful passing and thanking and honoring of the. I don't want to say outgoing, but because of the cycle, it is. You know, there's that. There's that conscious closure. Not just sort of let it fade off into nothing, yeah, and then it, the beginning of the next new. And yeah. that is a that that part of that ritual is important for that devotion. Yes, exactly. Thank you for putting it like that. So it can be part of a formal thing, and or like you said, you know, with the people who have 
a statue in their car. That's much less formal, but it's still a devotional thing. Well, and as long as each each time that they look at it, you know, they 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 think about you know Jesus or their loved one or the Virgin well, Mary I, or whatever it is that it represents to them, then that totem has real power. I think so. You yep. know, that's that's a devotional practice is the thinking part. I think that's the real part of a devotional practice more than anything else is the thought and effort that you put into it. Sure. Absolutely. That's what makes it a devotion, which means anything that you choose can be one. Yeah, yeah. And and that's I mean, I, I did some experiments, like I said, with some tactile and, and pennies and and Find something for y'all out there. Find something that you can do that when you put some time and some habit and some energy into it, you know in advance that you will be reaping the you know the right kind of benefit or the right kind of reward. Yeah. And then your devotion really is sort of magic in work. Yeah, and, and I think too, one of the big parts of devotion is if you're saying thank you, like you say, like we were discussing with the element or whatever, a lot of devotion is thanking. We're not asking for stuff. We're just saying sure. for what we've already been received, whether it be blessings or benefits or however you want to call them. Right. And that's the action piece is, is the offering of that acknowledgement. That's the, the practice or the doing the doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's the acknowledging of, and as we say, it helps foster that attitude of gratitude, which yep. will be next podcast focus for the metaphysical kernels. But having seen the heading when I was going. Oh, all right. And, you know, a little teaser there. Better, you know, so, yeah, you know, hey, I'll do it. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying. But yeah, we're getting inching closer to finally launching the YouTube channel. Yes, we so are. For information on that, it should be fun. And when we get that fired back up, we're going to re-release the website. We're going to relaunch. Well, we're going to refresh the Discord. And thank you so much for the the handful of people that have stuck there with us. It is going to get better. We're we're seeing our way out of the dark times, and onward and upward we go. I think so, and I have faith that somewhere somebody is hearing this, and it's what they needed to hear today. Well, and to balance that, I've been here to say what I've needed to say today. There you go, yeah. Yeah. So that's always a good way. So with that being said, you got anything else to add? No, no, I'm I'm golden. Okay. So I'm if- happy to be and 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 here's here's a little devotional in passing, but I'm happy to happy to realize that two years after Susie's passing, you and our you and I are still doing this, and we're actually getting better at it all the time. I would like to think uh, so. there's there's my gratitude for the day. There you go. And as part of my own practice, I keep in my head: may you find mirth and reverence in all things, all the time. Be safe. Be kind. Be loved. Practices in the path. These are the hows and whats that we, as practitioners on the path, actually do in our own lives. Everything from the various tools that we work with 
as well as those we don't and why, to the solar and lunar cycles, herbs we use, crystals and stones that we work with, candles, incenses, and anything else we come up with that can give an understanding of what we personally do with our magical practices. Which, as we say, is it's about what we do and how we do it and why we do it when we actually do what we do when we do. You know? What we actually do, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So today we're moving on to the idea of divination, tools and practices, and being a big... How did you, how did you know? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was a little hanging fruit. <laughs> oh, I know. It was fun. Okay. But uh, you know me, the, the queen of definitions over here. So the official definition, the art or practice that seeks to foresee or foretell future events or discover hidden knowledge, usually by the interpretation of omens or by the aid of supernatural powers. Ta-da! I know. <laughs> I feel like we should have Twilight Zone music in there somewhere. However, and then the other one is intuitive perceptions. Right. It's the idea. So, divination seems to be associated with witchcraft and the occult, all sorts of murder mysteries and so on and so forth. But in general, it's using a tarot. If you want to get the fish, the, the top several tarot deck of what of whatever persuasion, which started out with the Rider Waite and the Order of the Golden Dawn, who was really into it. Granted, it started as a card game in Italy, like a card game, card game in the 1500s, and somehow it transferred over. Yes. I'm I'm hesitating only because what you're describing to me is traditional pagan or Wiccan, but I would argue that divination has been happening for thousands of years, not hundreds of years. Oh yeah, no, no, I was talking about tarot decks. Right. Divination's been going on ever since Manfall. Carl Adam came and had a whack fall on him. Well, or or realized that. They could recognize weather patterns and moon yeah. patterns, you exactly. know, because divination for me, the, the word itself boils down to seeking information from the universe or from divine. Oh, I agree. That was where I was going. I mean, I, I had to read that official one and then kind of let it sink in for a minute and decide, yeah, that's not necessarily us, you know, even right. as witches and pagans, especially as witches and pagans, we like the idea that we can kind of tap into that message from the universe and hopefully get an answer if we ask the right questions, which is a big part of divination too, I think. Well, and I, I tend to make the distinction of, or at least in my own practice, um, I try not to ask specific questions. I try to seek guidance. Yeah. I, I, I try to make it that way such that have the universe give me whatever nudge that I need, not necessarily giving me specific concrete. You know what I mean? Oh, I think so, too. I mean, for us, like I said, we, we so when I started out with Carol, and i be honest, I was the one who always got stuck reading Carol because I seem to have good, like, I can't read for myself. But for us as, as practicing together, 
or for her, I could get pretty good responses most of the time. You know, and and Carol is kind of was kind of like my first real exposure to I can do this and get something from somewhere that isn't me talking. Okay. If that makes any sense. It's it not my it's not my ideas, it's not my thoughts on the matter. It's what the cards are telling me. Okay. So it gave me that external, oh, there's something out there besides me trying to get my attention here. You know, and we've other people connect with rooms of different mm-hmm. cultures. You know, when you come down to it, you have all sorts of there's runes, there's bones, there's um, cowrie uh, shells. There's angum, there's what's what, the, the I Ching. Yep. Always reminds me of runes. I mean, it's granted it's on blue, blue sticks, but that's common. You know, it's like a common material in China. And I think like right. bones or whatever that you use with handy in that respect. You know, and those are kind of like the top two, I think. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because all of these things that we're talking about that people have used for thousands of years for practice, they all seem to have some prop or some device or some thing that's used. And, and that's kind of what I said, what I said earlier about divination, where I didn't learn necessarily to use a device. I learned more to look mm-hmm. for that guidance and whatnot. Um, early on, um, to me, it was a candle flame. There you go. And and yeah. and when I was trying to seek guidance or whatever, I would just stare into a flame until I would, and it wasn't a tangible here, but I would get those conceptual whispers that mm-hmm. would say, um, you know, what you're doing is right or what you're doing is wrong or those kind of because that was kind of the way that I learned how to use divination at least for myself when i hadn't learned how to call it anything more than just prayer yes and i think too with with divination too it's like you said you you use the candle to get out of the way in that respect well and with the tarot cards we learn to get out of we, we learn to stop being the one who's pronouncing whatever making that grand pronouncement, this is the way the universe thinks you should do something, and letting the universe tell you what they actually want. Sure. Yeah, because what, what, what ended up happening later on when I went in the Navy is I found, of all things, every ship that's moving at sea has a wake. Uh-huh. And I would stand at the back of the ship at dusk, and sometimes you'd have a little bit of photo phosphorescence or just a little bit of bubbles or some churn in the wake but i would see shapes and images in there and i didn't understand it at the time but i knew that boy every day or so i needed to go up and spend five or ten minutes staring at that that wake or at that big water and then later on much later on in my life i came to learn from a Native American friend who saw those same shapes, but in his smoke, that that's really what we are doing is we are getting our mundane personalities out of the way so that we can actually listen to the universe. 
that exactly, which I think is the real reason for doing divination in the first place. Right, right, absolutely. So what's your what's your favorite or what's your go-to that you use right now currently? Our Richstone's Oracle deck. You <laughs> too, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, Sue and I worked at that. I meant for years for a reason. Well, and they, they, they work. They work real well. Thank they you. work real well for me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, what I was going to admit. What I was going to mention about them is because, I mean, I'm not necessarily going to speak about a one card or a three card or the different kinds of layouts to the person who actually wrote the book on the layouts. I, I would presume that. Um, no. What I wanted to bring in today was some ways that I use the decks that you may or may not have perceived when you and Susie were were creating them. I mean, um, so, for example, yourself. you know, sometimes when I'm just doing a little quick one card, like first thing in the morning or whatever, and I'll I'll do a couple of shuffles and a cut, and it can be as simple as face up or face down. That's a, that's a positive or a negative. That's a yes or no to me or in the, the vernacular of the deck, seen or unseen. But there are times when I don't even care what the card value is. I just want to know, is this going to be a seen day or an unseen day? Because it works and it helps me either look outside myself or look at that shadow stuff that's going on around me with the people I work with or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that up or down in itself to me is a think about seen today or think about unseen. Yep. Um, another thing that I'll do is I'll draw a card and here again, not necessarily keying on its value, but is this card a concrete card, which for those out there that use the deck, those are the ones with the solid color all the way around, mm -hmm. um, in the circle, or is this a concept card, which have the split above and below in the circle because that itself is another here again it's another divination today is going to be a concrete day today or this this issue is it's cut and dried and it's firm and i can understand it or is this going to be a thinky touchy feeling <laughs> kind of concepty day so yeah these are just different ways that someone who who has bought and used your deck I just thought it would be kind of fun to share with you a couple of ways that I use it that maybe hadn't originally been the intention. Well, I think that is cool because I think Sue and I wrote the book with the different spreads and things to get people started using the deck. You know what I'm saying? Right. And here's some different things you can try and these are kind of fun and, you know, and then let people, for want of a better word, intuitively divine for themselves. Sure. Other ways they could use it. Yep. And that was always our hope. I mean, I'm sorry. When we, when you and I bring it back, when we were talking about tarot decks and rooms, they very often have very stylized ways that they want you to do it mm -hmm. or use it. It's like those stupid little white books. I mean, granted, we have <laughs> one with Witchstone cards, but it's just there to give people. You know, this is the card, seen unseen energy, do with it what you will, kind of thing. We don't tell you any specific ways that you have to shuffle the deck or, you know, deal out a certain spread. Sure. 
to get the answers you yeah, need. Yeah, there's a couple of ex- examples there that they're, they're common examples that are very helpful in getting used to using the cards. Yeah. But now I'm at the point where I'll I'll do a two and a half card reading. You know, I, I do some some weird off the wall stuff with it just because I've become comfortable in the way that these totems <laughs> communicate their concepts to me. Yeah, which is the whole point. Right. You know. Divination. Divination. And it's most real. And, and practical. And, and it's something that, you know, when we say practice, it's not like we just do this on a full moon or a ritual or a, or a specific day or whatever. Yeah. I, I, call, me a, call me an oddball, but I've picked up my decks three different times today, and it's, what, it's five o'clock in the afternoon? Well, some days we need more help than others. Right, right. Or, or we we didn't want to believe that that first card might have been the one that's going to show up 14 times, no matter how I shuffled the deck. You know, that's happened to us, you know, when you think about it. But do what I used yeah, to do. Yeah, I think we all struggle with the concept of I want to do over. <laughs> I want a different answer. This is right. not the I want. This is not know? the answer I was asking you to give me, thanks. Yeah. And, and then again, you, you may try again. <laughs> and that's when I'm usually ignoring the cosmic two by four that's about to descend and I'm missing it. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's you know, a shadow. There's a shadow, and you hear the air of wind whistling through wings behind you. <laughs> you understand that, yes. But Sue and I used to do it different times of the year as part of ritual, as a way to mark different times starting, as it were. Like Samhain for us is really. I was weird. just going to say, yeah, you guys always did a, a big bit batch of, of divination around Samhain. That's because for us, we were really descending into that dark time of the year. And we were usually looking for what should we each be studying or thinking about? Dark, and dark, what are we not time, seeing yeah. ourselves that we need to focus on? Because we sit right. there and make lists. You know, Sue and I were, right. we were really good at lists. You're still finding them. You tell me this. So, you know, yep. Yeah, so so we were, you know, lists about things, and we were always good list makers. But sometimes we need to consider what we didn't put on the list. Sure. And we do divination then. Or if we had made a major shift somewhere in our practice, we might want confirmation, like you said, that we're doing it right. Or are we going in the right direction? And sometimes it is very easy to get, you know, like, the horses with the blinders on that tunnel vision right. when you're in the middle of a project and something doesn't feel right. And sometimes we would do divination like, what are we not seeing? Or are we, do we need what to? What are get, we, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what's sneaking up on us that we haven't, haven't caught? Yeah. Yeah. Or when we were looking for new ideas of things to try. Very um, often we do divination and you get a sense of, oh, maybe you should try this, that, or the other thing. You know, and I think divination, the important thing to remember is it's a maybe. If you keep going the way you're going. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's not a this is what's going to happen. It's no. a this is what's going to happen if everything stays on its current trajectory. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also wanted to. Sorry. Sorry, um, I also wanted to to mention just on your last thing. Yeah, there's sometimes there's a fine line where divination becomes inspiration. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get that feeling or that answer that truly inspires you to, to move into something new. Mm-hmm. And then it's okay to get, I don't know, is an answer. Um, oh, God, what was it? To, oh, ask again later. Yeah. The, the famous old magic eight balls. Yeah. Oh, wow. Actually. I had never thought about that. But, yeah, I used those for divination when I was a little boy. Yeah. And we, we, we honestly believed they were real, didn't we? Oh, absolutely. Okay, but, but, yeah, but the idea is sometimes we're not meant to know the answers right now. Sure. Even though we want them. Because yep. <laughs> we are human. Now. You know? no, yeah, now. And, and, and there are times, too, when we're not ready for the information. Sure. You know, it's stuff we just can't handle. And the universe is actually protecting us from ourselves, too. I firmly believe that one as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We, we will not be shown that that we're not ready to see. At least one hopes. Most of the time. But, yeah. I mean, the idea is, is if you want to use divination in your practice, great. If you don't, that's fine, too. And please, whatever you do. Oh, that, I thought of another one. The pendulum. That's very sure. popular in witchy circles. Sure. You know, does but, it this way or that way? Or there's some people who do get fancy and make the letters of the alphabet thing. But the idea is we're talking about the big popular ones. I mean, you're, you're staring at candles like Dave or doing something else that works just fine with you. Don't think you have to change what you use. You need to figure out what works for you and find that method. And even then, if it starts being a little wonky, it's time to move on and find something else. Sure. We're different every day. Some days I divine just by looking at the clouds. I could see that. Is the sky blue? It's going to be a good concrete kind of day. Oh, We'll be fine. And with that. May you find mirth and reverence in all things. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better. Because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. For today's tip, trick, or witchy hint, I wanted to discuss a little bit of mini divination. Not something that's big part of a big ritual, not doing a reading or consulting the cards, but just in keeping with my theme of you're out and about and you're wandering around in the world and you just, you have a quick question for the universe, sort of a cosmic coin flip, if you will. And so I have a handful of methods that I'm going to describe just to give you different ideas of how you can be creative in asking the universe for some answer or a hint or a guidance on, on simple basic questions. Um, I have a dear friend who can spend about 30 seconds staring into a candle and the answer just comes to them and it's a yes or no answer. And if you can do that, that's great. I need a little more um, concrete or direct signs. So that's why I, I refer to them as a cosmic coin flip. Um, for example, if you have a regular deck of playing cards handy and you have a yes or no question, you can simply pick up a card and 
red for yes, black for no. And that's that's the idea that I'm talking about. Um, but there's a, a handful of different ways you could do that. I mean, you could do it with red or black cards. You could do it with different numbers. Um, when I'm on the road, if I need to make a decision, sometimes I can just say to myself, okay, so the next license plate that my eyes focus on, if the last digit is odd, that's a yes. Or if the last digit is an even number, that's a no. And then look out the window and take a look at the nearest license plate. This gives me some sort of a feedback so that, like I say, I need a direct hint. I need to see something that the universe is answering me. I Sometimes I consult with the Witchstone Oracle deck cards, and obviously you, you hear me talk about those all over our podcast. But here again, in the case where you don't have anything in your hands and you're just trying to find a way for the universe to give you an answer, you know, like look at a clock. There was a method that they taught years ago in the service called a quadrant method for being able to come up with a random guess. And it's as simple as this. If you look at a clock face and imagine a line from the nine to the three or a horizontal line, just like the horizon, glance at a clock. And if the second hand is in the upper half, that's a yes. If the second hand is in the lower half, that's a no. So you can use a second hand of a clock to make a yes or no decision. Or if you're trying to decide right or left or forward or back or past or present, you can use the 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock line. And just randomly look at, you can even use the clock on your computer because even the seconds, the number is something that you're familiar enough with the clock face that you can picture that second hand and that will give you your yes or no or your forward or back. You can break a clock face up visually into sections of two or three or four or six. So the second hand is really a powerful tool for being able to make sort of random selections like that. While we want to say that they are random mathematically, I believe that it is all about looking for the answers for our own questions. And so that's why I thought I'd talk a little bit about mini divination on the fly. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young Crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember... We are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedgewalkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be. 